You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Today on the show, we have Sheldon Barrett, founder and president of Cocovana the, and the 2018 Student Entrepreneur of the Year at the University of Florida. Sheldon, welcome, man. Thanks for having me, Colin. Are you psyched about this? Heck yeah. I'm so excited to get into this. And with him, we have Sam McPherson, founder of the software company Sift Local. Sam, what is up, man? Woo! Happy to be here. <laughs> it's going to be a ton of fun. Guys, so uh, everybody sends me these long intros. I've talked about this before, which is great because I'm like, you know, I don't necessarily want to, uh, you know, explain everybody to everybody what you guys do. I would rather you guys do that. And one of yeah. the things that I know you're really good at is the 30 second pitch, <laughs> the elevator pitch, right? So I, before we get into your origin stories, I like I, I like to go like way back and dig in a little deep and, and get in there. Um, but before we do that, why don't you each just give us kind of the 30 second pitch of, of your companies, what they do, just so our audience has some context. Yes. Sam, you want to start? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so SIF Local is a software designed to work with local art festivals and artisanal markets. Um, so we partner with events around the country to offer them a more streamlined vendor application and registration process. And so now when you're attending an art festival, you'll be able to use our software to get an interactive guide to the vendors, interactive booth maps. And so it's a really uh, kind of an elevated approach to, to the traditional art festival, which is getting a lot of attention. Yeah, and it's super cool. To, I, I don't know if, if I had told you, but I originally, well, I went to uh, an investor thing that you had, right? At, yeah, out at Afternoon yeah, Restaurant, afternoon. which, yeah. you know, um, Grace and Kyle, they were cool to let them do that. It was kind of after, I was, it was sure. in the evening uh, when they were closed and they had a really, really nice setup, but, and he did an excellent job. It was oh, really, really cool. But that's, that. where, that's where I got kind of my education and what Sam does, <laughs> like yeah. really, really well. So, and Sheldon, 30 second pitch, go. Yeah, so Cocovan <laughs> is a tropical lifestyle company currently focused on creating innovative tools for opening coconuts, including the first product, which is Coconut Twist, which is a tool that allows anyone to safely open coconuts in under 30 seconds. So, yeah, um, if awesome. you want, I can do a demo of it. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. Like I was, he was, he was asking before. The, you know, should we do that? Like I don't know if I can do this while while recording. I'm like, oh, you're absolutely doing this while we're recording. Everybody who's listening will have to go check out check out the video side of it. Yeah. So, so show us how do, this works. Yeah, is just place it on top of this Thai coconut, and then you just grab these outer handles, and then you can twist and cut. Oh, oh man, it got all over me. Does that normally happen? Does this grow? No, that does not normally happen. <laughs> so that's actually kind of funny. <laughs> Sometimes you have these loaded pressurized coconuts that will explode like this. So that's exactly what just happened. And then you get like, it's, yes. I mean, very much like a corkscrew for a yeah. bottle of wine. Yeah, it is. So after that, like, yeah, you can just stick it out like that and just grab like a cup or like a straw. And just pour, pour the out. juice. Yeah, pour it out, or you can put a straw straight into the coconut. Oh, that's it. So. And you just drink that. Let me. Can I taste it? I've never had it before, actually. For sure. You guys I brought it for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge fan though. <laughs> I, I love it. Needs it. more sugar. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You like it? It needs yeah. sugar and caffeine. No, I'm just kidding. It's it needs rum in there. It needs rum. Oh, oh yeah, my yeah. gosh. Actually, one of my favorite mixed drinks is uh, coconut rum. 
with Mountain Dew. Test, <laughs> test me on it. Head. Everybody's like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> test me on it. Go do it. Coconut rum and Mountain Dew. You'll love it. That's a hurricane cocktail. And so, Oh, yeah. So, oh, my gosh. We got a hurricane coming. Yeah. Ooh. And by the time this records, it'll be long over. <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. So, yeah. well, so do you have a hurricane update for us? Well, at least for the seven people in the room? Um, all I saw <laughs> is that uh, Mayor Lauren Poe issued a state of emergency for Gainesville, and they're starting to open up shelters for other counties to come use. So, yeah, it's pretty I, widespread. Yeah. My dad was evacuated from Cedar Key. Yeah. So, yeah. they're all they're they're getting them out yeah they're oh, expecting man. some crazy storm surge i guess It'll you know it's an interesting yeah. week so let, let's talk about the fact that we pre-record these things and then we talk about real-time things in them and it confuses everybody when we release it three weeks later <laughs> because i was like watching this week's episode um uh, with with tim broom and that's that the one that released yeah yesterday for everybody's listening is wondering what, what what happened you've already released two episodes since then um and I'm like, I'm like, man, we were dogging on the Kentucky loss and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean, we were so upset that the yeah. Gators lost to Kentucky, and we're like talking about it. And then, and then we get into uh, to today, and the Gators are five and one. Yeah, had two road wins. Fourteen beat LSU at home. Yeah, which was an awesome game. I, yeah. I went. Did you go? Well, I didn't go. Oh my gosh, I was there. With, I went with, with and my I'm, son. And I'm so glad that you didn't have this right after the game because I totally lost my voice. Did so, you? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that I mean, that was. Yeah. It, it kind of took me back to there was a game I went to years ago when we we're playing South Carolina and we like blocked the field goal or whatever it was. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, yeah. and I just, that yeah. I don't remember the stadium being as loud as it was this past Saturday. That was like the only other time I can remember it being that loud. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah we're, we're so a Vanderbilt awesome. win from a top 10 matchup with Georgia. Dude, it's pretty that, exciting. Yeah, that would, that would be super, super awesome. Yeah, so for, sure. for everybody who's like listening to our podcast, yeah, we'd like to talk about the real time things and, and if the episode airs three weeks later, well, Screw it! It's <laughs> it's our episode. It's like yeah, we get to <laughs> we get to relive and oh, yeah. see what what things happen over three weeks. Hopefully, um, the podcast studio holds up in the hurricane. We can do it again next week. Yeah, that's right. Um, actually, it's funny. Like I'm not even gonna be here. I'm actually you're gonna be you're gonna be psyched about this. I leave tomorrow afternoon to go to Vegas. What? <laughs> so Orlando. Okay. So nice. I think I think we'll be okay. Okay. And we're going there for a dealer convention thing called the AIM Expo. Cool. Out in Vegas that they that they do and there'll be a whole bunch of distributors and power sports and power sports related companies out there. So it'll be pretty exciting. October um, is the month of conventions out there. Yeah, and like I actually uh you know, am I'm just pumped about Gator football because, you know, I took my son to the game and every time I take my son to the game, like we win. And take him every week. Take him every week. And the irony of this is like when I take my wife to the game, we (laughs) we lose. (laughs) So I'm like, uh, I'm like, honey, we need to. I need to always go with Schaefer because we we win. He's a good luck charm. He was with me at the Tennessee game last year. (laughs) So eh, a lot of fun. But you know, and one thing that was super unique about this game, and I don't know if they've been doing this, but I thought it was super super cool. They had all the food trucks out on University Avenue. Is that new 
I think I don't they think after shutting it down, yeah. now they're letting them. Yeah, they're now they're letting them. They're getting more each week. Or yeah. now there's more than there was last year, I guess. Yeah, I thought it was yeah, super cool. Really I saw smart. the new Halo Potato Donut truck out there. Yeah. Oh, and, nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was super super cool. So I was just like, man, I didn't know they were, that they were doing that. Yeah. So anyway, I'm like super pumped about the season, football season, everything that's going on in Gainesville right now. Hopefully, by the time this airs, we'll be a uh, seven Still and one. Winning. Seven. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, by the time this airs, we'll be seven and one, and we would have. Let's see, this is gonna air on October. 29th so oh so we so hopefully we just beat Georgia this past weekend (laughs) if if you're listening because that would have been on the 27th but if not then I'm sorry um anyway (laughs) thanks for pushing through that with us (laughs) yeah calling with sports (laughs) hey man I just I I love it hopefully we can get to to the point where we can do this so fast that it's like in real time and stuff, yeah. but it, it has been interesting kind of like looking back and just seeing what's happened over, you know, two or three weeks time. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, anyway, guys, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, super awesome. It. I'm sorry that you got coconut juice all over you. Yeah, that's all good. That did not go as planned. <laughs> no, and, not at and, all. And it was all right. Like, that was the first time I've ever had it. For some reason, the smell kind of reminds me of a pumpkin. I don't know if it's just the... Really? Maybe, or maybe it's mixing with the pumpkin spice thing that I have in here. <laughs> That's probably it, actually. Yeah, it's probably, I have this like pumpkin spice smell or diffuser thing in here because it's October and I really like yeah. pumpkin spice and it helps cover the fuel smell of the dealership. <laughs> yeah. uh, but guys, anyway, we'd love to uh, get into it and start with the origin stories, hear like how this even you know, how this device even became to be and sure. how you started, like why do you started a software company? And yeah. so why don't you uh, each just, you know, give us give us your origin story. Sheldon, why don't we start with you, man? Just tell us, go back to the beginning, to the beginning of time. Yeah, so the beginning <laughs> of time, I had no intentions of really being an entrepreneur. So basically at that time, you know, a couple of years back, I was diagnosed with high blood pressure, you know, while attending University of Florida. And, you know, I went to go see doctors about that, you know, and basically the medications my doctors prescribed didn't lower my blood pressure enough. So what I would do was drink fresh coconut water, you know, to kind of help lower that blood pressure because of potassium and vitamin C in the coconut water helps oh, so lower that's that. that's a thing. Like yeah, coconut no, that's water definitely lower. a scientific thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, you know, I was living in South Florida, you know, I had the coconut trees in the front yard and my dad would use machetes to hack them open for me. He's Jamaican, he knows how to use a machete. I'm American, I do not know how to use a machete. So I basically created a tool to open coconuts when my dad wasn't home, drink my own fresh coconut water, and that's how I started my company. It's just out of necessity, just creating the product. That's awesome. I mean, I also think hacking so cool. a coconut with a machete would be kind of fun. <laughs> but I would definitely be the guy who cuts his arm off. So, so thank, super thankful for devices like that. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. So, and that happened while you were in school, you said? or? Yep, yep, it happened like early on, like when I first started the University of Florida. And so, so you're, and you're still in school. Yeah, yeah, definitely still in school. Um, I had you, to take a few I years said, off. Like, you were just that. announced as the 2018 Student Entrepreneur of the yep. Year. Yep, I'm That's still yeah. taking classes Ooh. like right now. That's pretty, yeah. Well, we we'll want to talk about that some more too, about balancing classes and, and start, because I started New Scooter Celeste yeah. as a student. Like, oh, um, I mean, I was in my last semester, so I was basically sure. done and had, you yeah. know, was, had super senioritis at that point. I was like, oh man, just <laughs> let this be over. Um, <laughs> but no, I can I can definitely empathize with the the hustle of like trying to start a business and get something off the ground and yeah. also being a student, so. Cool, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Well, Sam, how about you, man? What? How did Sift Local come to be? Ooh, I don't know, man. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, I, 
I was born and raised here in Gainesville, um, and then I actually attended Pace University in New York studying entrepreneurship. So from freshman year of college, people were telling me, find, find the opportunity, find the opportunity. So always kind of um, had my eyes open in, in that way. Um, came back to UF, got the master's in entrepreneurship here. And, and, and so that's kind of, kind of my background that led me to, you know, really thinking about my sister is a local baker. My brother-in-law does a lot of uh, custom woodwork and furniture. My good buddy is a metal fabricator. And so I was seeing all of this creativity from all the vendors uh, in Gainesville. There's tons of small batch artisanal goods or, or the, the guy making furniture in his garage that you would never find out about. So really just kind of set out to create almost like a LinkedIn where people in the local community could be like, hey, I wonder who the bakers are near me. Um, and so they could put that in and, and find those individuals and, and then support them. Uh, through that, we started talking with a lot of the local markets because that's really the tie to the local community with, for these vendors. Um, they may sell on, on Etsy and so forth to kind of get, um, you know, attract a more national audience. But most of their business is done locally uh, with people finding out about them, calling them from a referral or something like that. So we really wanted to create something to facilitate um, those exchanges for the vendors of these markets. And so the market organizers were like, well, hey, you can definitely help us with our applications and payments and registrations and assigning booths for the events. Um, and through that, then have the opportunity to engage with the attendees as well. So it's kind of created this really great um, ecosystem of, of commerce that happens at these local markets, but need digital tools to kind of enhance those experiences. And so we've set out to put that together and, and the feedback from, from organizers across the country has been uh, really fantastic. So we're looking to, to have a pretty big 2019. Cool. Um I want to kind of go back into your story a little bit. Were you always like entrepreneurial? Like, why did you say I want to go to? You said Pace yeah. School um, you said in New York, and that's an that's an entrepreneurship. Yeah, I mean, it, it, back then I don't know anything about it. I so. don't even know how long ago that was. I don't okay. figure it out. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, entrepreneurship programs at universities were fairly new, right? Um, so, you know given just my uh, various interests. And I had spoken with a professor from UF, Kristen jo uh, Joyce, um, who's a really uh, great friend and, and super helpful to every, yeah. almost every entrepreneur in oh, yeah, uh, Gainesville. Me included. Um, yeah, she's she's a wonderful person. So she kind of helped steer me in that direction. And, and you know, I wasn't one of those kids that had a, a lawn mowing business growing up. Um, so I wouldn't say like I was that kind of like, um, that type of entrepreneur as a, as a child. Um, but I always kind of um, enjoyed the, the process of building something. Um, and so just kind of dove right into it. And, and this seemed to be the, the way to go. Was there anything in particular that like drew you to that industry? I don't know if you already said it, forgive me, but like, I mean, was there, was there, you know, why, why this? Yeah, well, of all of all the things that you could be doing, like, like yeah, what was well, being it about a, my sister was a baker, okay, um, right. and you know my friend and and being a metal fabricator and stuff. So I, I was watching them try to grow their Got own it. brands. You know, Sorry. you start an Instagram account as a local baker and hashtag it cake. Well, good luck. Um, you know, nobody's going to really be able to find you in Gainesville if they're looking for a birthday cake for their for their daughter that weekend. So we wanted to give more 
context to the local vendors and make it easier to find them. Um, and then you got things like Etsy, that's fine, but that's strictly e-commerce. So unless you have something that you can you know, produce relatively quickly and ship relatively easily, you're not a good fit for those types of services. So we, we really had to um, look at it more as a peer-to-peer -peer platform. Like, you know, in LinkedIn, you're looking for a marketing manager, you, you might search marketing managers in your area, look at their bios, see what their, what their product is, gotcha. and, and then get in touch with them. So we wanted to kind of create that type of platform to, to help these local vendors get exposure and then, and then get sales. And this is still really, really new at this point, right? Yeah, so I mean, yeah. how, like, what's that process like of trying to get people to actually use the application? Yeah, so I mean, that's what the events, that's the opportunity the events has, has presented us with because they need help, you know, with, uh, you know, an integrated software that can handle all their applications and registrations. You know, we partner with them and by way of that, their vendors then sign up for SIF to get ready for the event and then actually, you know, have the opportunity to leverage the platform for that additional exposure before, during, and after. So it's all centered around these local events and markets, um, but just giving those individuals the tools to, to grow their sales at the event and, and outside of it. And so it all kind of complements each other in, in just a really nice way. That's cool, man. So I know that you were recently like, I mean, we were at the afternoon restaurant, I watched you, you were raising, trying yeah. to raise money. Um, I'd love to dive into that a little bit, if you don't mind. I mean, what's, you know, one, um, did you get what you were looking for? No. No? No, no. never and, do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what entrepreneurs are looking for and what what they get is sometimes different, but we, we got what we needed to have a really successful fall, and so okay. we're pushing forward full steam ahead, and. And if we're able to, so that you extended know, your runway just uh, like just enough, or yeah, just just through the end of the year. Um, but you know, we've we've built a lot of good relationships with investors in town. So contingent upon you know getting some sales this fall and improving our value, I mean, we should be in a really good spot for 2019. So, okay, do you feel like there is enough investor funds here in Gainesville, or are you gonna have to seek? Are you gonna have to like get out of Gainesville in order to grow this thing? It's, it's possible having to, to get out. Um, you know, I think, I think a lot of the investors and in, in the people in town are very supportive. They, they want to be, they're, they're committed to helping businesses in Gainesville grow. Um, but if the X's and Y's just don't, don't match up and, and you know, there's just not enough money in the pot for all the startups in town, I mean, naturally you have to kind of expand your, your your area of search. So uh, I know for me personally, I would love to stay local. I, I really don't have much of a desire to go partner with a San Francisco venture capital firm. I, I wanna you know cultivate this business here and, and if there are returns, I want that to go back into this community by way of, of these local investors. So I certainly hope that by bootstrapping the company and you know, trying, generating that revenue over the, over the fall and, and kind of building it piece by piece, we can avoid having to get an influx of, you know, $20 million or whatever, you know, like to just to just do it. Um, and so that's kind of my goal and that's kind of how we approach the business. How can we incrementally grow this and, and build it sustainably? And and that starts with the events, which, which we're talking to tons and tons every week. So cool. that's where it is. Yeah, I mean, I hope I didn't put you on the spot a little bit too much no. there. Like, I, it's definitely, I mean, with this being a, a Gainesville-based podcast, I mean, I definitely want to, 
you know, of course, it's all about building up Gainesville and like and showing off incredible talent like you guys. But at the same time, I, I want to bring awareness to some of the issues that I'm constantly hearing. You know, being being in Absolutely. the business world, and entrepreneurship world, and startup world, like I constantly hear from startups that there's that there's no money here, and right. like there's nobody who's willing to invest in the companies. And 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 I think well, one, if it is out there, like. Hey, this is our podcast. <laughs> like, check out these guys; they're doing yeah. some cool stuff. And like, you know, we'll make sure we link up your, you know, email address and website and that kind of stuff, so people can potentially reach out to you. But you know, I, I de- most certainly don't want, you know, amazing businesses leaving at leaving Gainesville because, you know, there's not enough money in it. And so, if we can bring some awareness to that and and hopefully, you know, change it, because yeah. I mean that that would be pretty and sometimes awesome. That's you know, I mean, it's a uh, it's a double negative, right? Because if you have a, a venture capital firm, even based out of Orlando, and they, you know, they can come up with a number of reasons why they're going to try to force you to relocate there. Right. And so, by keeping the, you know, the the structure of the business and its foundation here locally, you can also ensure that the business will stay here locally, um, and not and they're not like, hey, you gotta you gotta take this to Austin so that the, the you know the, the talent pool is bigger whatever they're going to try to say is is a reason to leave Gainesville which we all would disagree with um, but yeah I mean you know as much as you can keep these things locally it's it's definitely ideal yeah um, so it sounds very much like you're extending the runway you're getting you're getting what you need to to continue I mean have you is there is there a mark whereas you're bringing on these these vendors and stuff to where you're, you're you might not even need it you might be able to get generate enough revenue is that even a possibility or yeah yeah I mean that's why we're trying to kind of very incrementally do it so you know I mean it, as of right now I mean if we could get 150 event partners we'd be pretty stable okay cool. um, so I mean you know I've, I've definitely already spoken to way more than 150 and and there's plenty of excitement so we we hope to kind of hit that point midway through next year um and you know depending on what the demands are you know from a a customer support perspective you know there's so many variables that that kind of have to be defined but uh we're we're certainly hoping to to keep it small and nimble and 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 because of that be able to support itself so awesome. we're trying to just take just enough. Just enough. You know, we don't want. That's the, smart, man. Yeah, that's smart. I love it. You don't ever want to owe more than than you intended to. <laughs> <laughs> so from uh, so when did you finish school then? Uh, I graduated from the MSc program in 2012. Okay. Um, so I've I've worked for uh, Sharp Spring here in town for okay. uh, two two years. Um, kind of started them with them very on. So I was fortunate enough to kind of. <clears throat> witness that growth and and what it takes to kind of get a software company started so definitely uh, putting a lot of that into into practice these days and and so yeah man just graduated work to learn and and now giving it a shot have you learned more being outside of school than you did when in school <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely. same for me same for me <laughs> yeah i think that's that's oh, probably for the case sure. for everybody once you start like applying yeah. it to real life you're like oh wow yeah. <laughs> yeah so well sheldon like you're still in school how much school do you have left i have about like a year left okay. so after the semester it's like five more classes i typically take two to three engineering courses per semester just because i can't do full-time engineering and run a company it's like really not possible yeah so that's kind of how it is for me so 
Yeah, so let's talk about it a little bit. Like, what's sure. that balance like, man? Like, what do you, what's, yeah. what's your day look like with, yeah, with school and trying to build this? Yeah, it's rough. Even like <laughs> last night, I was up until two o'clock talking to manufacturers in China and writing emails, you know, to my mentors, you know, for import exports and all that kind of stuff. At the same time, you know, doing homework for stats too and getting ready for a quiz tomorrow and like all that kind of jazz. So it's almost like never ending. It's like 24 hours, like you're constantly doing something. There is no downtime with me because you're either studying for classes or you're doing something for the company. And there's always something to be done for the company. you right. know. And it's so easy for the company to take over all of your time and you know, take over time for school, you know, to where your grades can suffer, you know, as a result of it. You know, just because you're so much more interested in your own company than you are for studying for classes. So you really have to balance that and make a good effort to, you know, make sure you're studying and taking care of your academics because the company can just take all of your time completely, you know, without you even really noticing it happening. Yeah. Have you ever thought like, man, this stats quiz is absorbing too much of my time. This is a complete pain in my butt. Like, why am I doing this? I mean, yeah. I don't know if I'm asking you, have you thought about dropping out? But I'm yeah. just like, you know. <laughs> but I mean, at, at this, I just, <laughs> well, I just remember like being in that last semester of school. Yeah. Like I said, it was very like, I was just like, man, like, I just gotta get, it's just one semester, I just gotta get through it, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. I, but I'll be honest, like, man, I was just so done with school at that point. Yeah. As much as I, like, genuinely love the University of Florida, yeah, I was done with school. Um, yeah. I feel I the same way. I didn't even way. walk at graduation. I was already head and heels, like, <laughs> in love with my business. Didn't I walk at graduation? I was like, yeah. I was a businessman at that point. So I'm kind of the same way right now being a senior where I just want school to be over. So I'm making a conscious effort right now to really finish school. And the reason why I haven't considered dropping out is because I've gotten really so far, you know, with school and it's kind of been a struggle, you know, going from having high blood pressure and taking semesters off to really fighting to like get back and getting like really good health and getting really good grades right now. At the point to where if I was to drop out, all of that was really like a huge waste, you know. And having like studying like industrial engineering, you know, it's a degree definitely worth pursuing, you know, to have that engineering degree kind of going forward like with it. Absolutely. So it's definitely something I want to have, especially for my parents, because they've sacrificed so much to, you know, immigrate to America, you know, from Jamaica. So definitely wanted to, you know, be like the first generation to get like a traditional college degree, you know, kind of for them to show that, you know, they raise like good like kids and all that, me and my brother, so. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. You should stick it out. <laughs> I am. I don't it'll, want it'll go by. Yeah, you know? stick it out. Yeah, and the College of Engineering has been so supportive like the, throughout the whole process. They really support entrepreneurship, you know, for me, you know. Yeah. So that's definitely something I want to reward them with is by graduating and, you know, showing that industrial engineers can make a big splash in the entrepreneurship community as well. That's awesome. Very cool. Thank you. So where are you at right now with, with the business? I mean, yeah. So, yeah. so with the business, it's almost, it's, it's at a good stage right now to where, you know, you have great prototypes, you have great traction with retailers pitching Whole Foods and Kroger successfully. You know, that's super exciting, you know, to get into national places like that. But the big thing that really holds up the company right now is really the manufacturing as it always been, you know. So I am manufacturing in China right now. Um, we are, are you being affected with the tariffs and stuff right now? Um, so far, it's... I'm not sure yet because we've just been shipping samples back and forth and okay. it's been fine in that regard, you know, for samples. We're working on the wholesale portion right now as it is. 
So trying to make sure we get the right type of material, you know, for that, make sure everything cuts well. I just tested the last couple hole saws over the weekend. That one does really well. That yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, that one's that one's really good. That's the one that like I kind of made myself. That's why it's doing so well. But getting it from China right now, you know, sometimes the quality isn't always there and you have to make sure that the quality, you know, remains consistent and it's cutting very well and you do the right test and all that to make sure they aren't cutting corners on certain things. So it's just a really long process dealing with China when you send them all your technical drawings and your 3D drawings, and then they send you something that's not that, you know. So it's it's just a really long process right now, but it's in the right direction. You know, I do have all the funding, you know, you know, to do production overseas. I want all that funding just through pitch competitions, to be honest. Really, I didn't have to raise any money at all. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. Um, Good for you, man. So. Yeah, the funding is okay. It's just really just getting the manufacturing right. So you just have it sitting in the bank? It's all just sitting in the bank right now, ready to go. So, you know, you have the money in the bank, you have retailers interested, you have consumers interested wanting to buy it right now. It's just the manufacturing is like the last step. You know, Can you not do. manufacture like a small amount here in the US where it makes sense in order to like supply so some of the demand? That's what I tried to do in the very beginning of the company. I spent like a good like year and a half trying to do that. And I learned the hard way that it's just too expensive to do a product like this in America, um, especially if you're trying to CNC that, that's, that's way too much money. And even if you're doing like molds to do the casting for it, you know, like whether it's, you know, die casting or whatnot, you know, it's just way too expensive for those molds in America to be built here. It's gonna be upwards of like 50,000 or so to build those molds, you know. And if you were to CNC machine it, like the best cost I got for that was around $105 per unit Dang. to build it. Meaning I'd have to sell it for a ridiculously high amount, which no one's gonna buy for. So I learned the hard way that you really can't do a product like this you know, in America, you really do have to go overseas. That's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. I really wanted to be that good American boy and build it here, but just couldn't do it and I really tried. So what do you like foresee it selling for? Have you thought about pricing and? Yeah, so for retail pricing, I was going to put it for twenty four ninety nine, but when I was pitching Whole Foods, they said to me, oh, what are you gonna sell this for, Twenty nine ninety nine, And I was like, yes, exactly. So <laughs> that became the new price, twenty nine ninety nine. Good job, Whole Foods. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> so it's it's anodized aluminum and it's surgical stainless steel, so it's a very premium product. So the twenty nine ninety nine price point is justifiable. And I've talked to a lot of consumers and you know they like at that price point. And some of them are willing to pay even more than that, you know, which, you know, kind of baffled me, you know, but that's a good thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So sell it for $34.99. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could try that out, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's interesting. That's great. Man. Well, I know that both you guys were also recently featured in like, was it Forbes? Forbes? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. I mean, nice. I think that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. So both both of you, right? Yeah. You were yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean that's that's pretty that's pretty awesome. I mean like Forbes is a pretty big magazine and website and so like how did I mean how did that happen? Did they just reach out to you guys like hey we heard we heard about your awesome business like or like not for me maybe for you. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I won the Get Started Gainesville competition last year hosted by Cox. Uh, I think it's a total prize of $25,000, you know, and, you know, when you win a competition like that, people are constantly, like, looking at, you know, those type of news recordings to figure out, like, where to get, like, the next big entrepreneur. So one of the writers from Forbes saw that, and she happens to be a Gator alumni living in Atlanta, and, you know, and she reached out to me very professionally on Facebook, you know, and, like, asked, like, hey, can we do a story with you on Forbes? And I was like, of course, why not? 
So that's how it happened. It's just her finding me, you know, through that competition one and then reaching out on Facebook. So. That's nice. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. What about you? I, I, I stalked you? a writer for like four months. <laughs> 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 she finally gave in. Uh, she actually wrote about one of my previous companies, um, and that was really when I had to stalk her. But so this time I just looped back around and shared what I was doing, and and that again took took a solid fifteen to twenty emails uh, wow. to get her on the phone. But um, once I did, she you know shot me a note a week later, and there I was. So well worth it, definitely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you don't, like, if you don't I actually it, like that. You know, you're actually the being entrepreneurial, like yeah. that grit, yeah. like. Put us, put us in. Like, let's go. Like, yeah. What are we waiting for? <laughs> it's, it's real. Write about it. <laughs> nice. That's yeah. awesome. Ty, what questions do you have for these guys, man? So let's start with Sam. So I actually met with Sam maybe, I don't know, how long? Ago? About a year, year ago. Yeah. Um, just because I, through Best of Gainesville, I can see that with all of these different makers and artisans and bakers, and they're always trying to come to our channel to let people know they're here. And yeah, I, you're really tapped into that network. Yeah, that's kind of like our bread and butter, but I can't yeah. share them all at the same time, and it's hard to search Instagram for different things. Right. And um, I saw what Sam was doing, and I was like, this is exactly where I need to push these people because it's searchable, it's easy, it's good for them. Yeah. Um, and it's good for the community, all communities, so it's really cool. So fast-forwarding to now, how are you... Um, kind of going after these makers versus events. Are you going to get the makers first to kind of get them on the channels? Are you going to like the glam craft fair and then the makers are like kind of coming in through the events? That's Take us exactly through like the walkthrough of pitching an event, bringing the makers on, and then what they're kind of getting out of that um, kind of experience. Do you guys build the event website? I saw like there's some yeah, stuff hosted yeah, so, on your sites. Okay. I mean, we we partnered with Glam. Yeah. Uh, Kim's Kim's phenomenal. She gives us wonderful feedback. Um, so it, it it always starts with the event. Okay. Um, as a you know like a small company with very limited marketing dollars, um, you have to find a creative way to get those channels right. So the events again became a perfect opportunity. I mean, I can come up with the list of a thousand artisanal markets around the country and call each one of them personally. And each time I get one that's interested, well, now we have 450 local vendors because yeah. that's the name brand event. That's where everybody shops in that local area. And so that's where the best vendors are going to be. And so, I mean, that's our model. I mean, unfortunately, given our resources, we, we really can't focus on the vendors as much right now. I mean, we have to build the foundation through the events. And so we're focused on those features. We're focused on uh, supporting um you know, helping them to put on a phenomenal uh, market or event. And, and if we do that, and if we do that well, then we're gonna have, you know, hundreds, thousands of events. And that is what's gonna create this, this really massive network where, um, you, you know, it doesn't have to be so, so localized. You, you know, yeah. you can just hear about it and go and find your local town and find the vendors in your area. So. That's that's our strategy, and it's it's working to be very cost effective. You know, from a, an entrepreneur's perspective. I mean, last month, um, it, was it last month? Anyway, you know, like a um, thousand fifty new signups over a, a relatively wow. short period of time with zero dollars spent on digital advertising. So we're not just you know posting it out on Instagram and being like, well, we got a thousand signups. I mean, we're building 
partnerships with events where once they've integrated that into their business model, I mean, they're going to use it year after year yeah. because that's where their vendors are, that's where their applications are. And so we're going to continue to cultivate these relationships in these local areas. And as you can see, I mean, a thousand new signups with only a couple um, events launched during that period that's how you scale it and that's how you grow it up and then the event will promote the platform to all of their attendees to say hey you want a vendor directory you want to see our booth map you want to you know you miss somebody three months later you want to find that local vendor and and make a purchase from them you know check them out on SIF they're there and you can can make a purchase so again it, it all starts with the events they tell the vendors to sign up they tell their attendees to to check it out and, and use it and and then we just need to focus on on delivering that that service to those yeah. events and and the rest will take care of itself and we'll be able to support local artisans from from all over it's cool how do you convince maybe a successful local event that's been around for a while or some other type of company that doesn't want to spend money with you by hosting it on sift how do you how do you get through that to kind of make sift yeah. everywhere yeah absolutely um so a couple things there so um, with our business model, because we're actually the first platform of our kind that will deliver value to the vendors themselves, we actually have a revenue stream there. And so we're actually able to offer the events product for way, way, way less than if the company was just relying on those revenues. So because we've diversified those revenue channels, um, we're able to to price it at, yeah. a, at a point where it's, it's really... Uh, does offer a ton of value to the event organizers. Um, beyond that, um, I don't know, what was the other part? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was mostly it. And then with like the booth maps and stuff like that. So yeah. I would assume there's some events that are super well organized and some that are kind of fly by night, last minute operations. Yeah. How do you guys combat that making sure that when you guys are part of an event you can deliver um that necessary that type yeah. of information yeah. for vendors and that, and that venues. reminded me of my other point so yeah. one of the really fortunate aspects of of the market in general for us is that there's really hasn't been a fully uh, software built that is a single sign-on, every feature an event organizer would need, specifically designed for art festivals. So they have a lot of nuances and unique needs, like jurying the applicants, you know, reviewing their work before accepting them to be a, a vendor at the show. So sure. there's um, most events as of now are using a combination of like eight to 10 different softwares. They've yeah. got a payment processor, they've got a PDF where they're writing in their booth map spots, which they scan in and email. Um, you know, I mean, it's just all spread out over the place. And a lot of these events are run by volunteers. So you may, a volunteer may have a lifespan of one to two years, um, you know, which is, um, you know, I mean, certainly some stay for, for the long haul, but there's, there's a lot of um, additional support coming in from event to event. And so by creating this all-in-one software, you've now given the event organizer the ability to just train them on a single software, get them in there and get started helping review applications or get registration steps done immediately. And so by consolidating all of these unique little one-off features that these event organizers need and putting them in one place, that's like, that's a, a tremendous amount of value for them. 
Um, I mean, those, know, yeah, so cool. just eliminating all those pain points and yeah. just bringing it. Yeah, what's in this Excel yeah. spreadsheet? Did they pay? Did they not pay? How did they pay for a large booth? Wait, the credit card charge is different from what a large booth would be. You can imagine the complexities, especially when you're working with three or four hundred vendors. Yeah. So what this does is, I mean, it just takes them from step by step by step and every all the data is threaded together so like when you're designing your booth map or assigning spots you see what they paid for you see what they requested on their application it's all right there in real time and so I mean that just cuts down tremendously and complement that with the additional revenue streams where we're able to price it uh, very affordably it's a it's a it's just a very strong yeah. value proposition absolutely. to the organizer absolutely yeah. And so, I would imagine as soon as a vendor has been part of an event, then we have Sift, the opportunity then, to market to them and say, and, hey, do you want to grow your sales before, during, yeah. and after? Here's some interactive tools for selling while you're there. And again, we, we're not even there yet, remotely. Yeah. Um, we'll get there later next year. Uh, the focus right now is on the events. Cool. and. And I'd imagine it would put pressure on new events to be like, hey, you know, half of our vendors have been a part of an event with SIFT. Exactly. You know, they're expecting this. Then and the once vendors they will start saying, it. hey, I've registered for an event using this platform. It was a lot easier. You guys should check it out yeah. because I don't, I'm tired of your Google form going to PayPal and then getting emails from like four different people yeah. about random, you know, like, be there at nine for load in. It's it's just um, you know no fault of the organizer. There's just no software available. So they've done their best. They've pieced everything together that they can across a number of different softwares. But um, once I had talked to 15, 20, 30 organizers, and they all said the exact same thing, and they were all using the exact same softwares to piece it together, it was like boop boop. You know, I'll take this from that, this from that, this from that, and you put it all together, and and they love it. Cool. So you've eliminated all of these pain points for, for a lot of these vendors and that kind of thing. What's been what's so? What's been your biggest pain point, Oof. like as a business? I mean, um, we know Sheldon's is obviously manufacturing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got we we uh, already solved that one. Yeah. So yeah. But what's yours? I mean, I I do think that it's. Um, Resources and funding. I mean, it is for everybody because if you could just go out and hire 15 developers, you, you know, I mean, there it is. It's done. How many people do you have right now? Um, I've got about 12 to 13 people, but they're oh. they're all um, not working for a salary. They just care about what we're doing and and want to be a part of that. So I mean, I've I've incentivized them uh, appropriately to to stay on and and help us out. So you know, that's that's another aspect of Gainesville. I mean, even though I can't go out and get, you know, the million dollars to start paying everybody a salary. People around startups in Gainesville are so excited about it that they'll they'll jump in with you and they'll they'll help you take it to the next level. So Yeah, but why is that? I mean, is it because they believe in your vision for this so much or is it I mean, just... these specific individuals, yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, I I think Gainesville does a good job at the networking. I met a couple of them through Kristen Joy's classes while presenting there. I mean, you get various opportunities in the community to, to kind of build that network. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, back to the question, I mean, what's the greatest hurdle? I mean, it it is trying to balance, um, you know, the, the demands of the event organizers. I mean, now that they've gotten a taste for what we can do, uh, their expectations have become pretty high. and. And so, um, you know, but we're up to that challenge. And so I've got a small team of three to four devs and a so they constantly shoestring say, How budget. about this? How about this? Add yep. this, add this. Yep. Exactly. Oh. I mean, so. well, that's gonna be great long-term. 
Yeah, I and, mean, and, and you know, it doesn't um, frighten me because it's not uh, highly fragmented. All the all the feedback is exactly the same. It's just we're here, and we got to get to we got to get to point B. And once we get to point B, I mean, because all the feedback has been so similar, we know all the events need the exact same things. But it, you know, again, if you had a, a huge budget, you'd go out and hire ten developers, and you'd get to B in two months. Um, but you know, with kind of trying to bootstrap it and uh, kind of a shoestring budget, you know, I've got a few really committed developers that are awesome, and and we just keep plugging away, and and we'll get there. So, what's your strength as the leader of the group? Yeah, I mean, I think that, like that you're, you're not a. De- are you a developer? No, not yeah. at all. Okay, so uh, I mean, I, <laughs> no. Um, which, um, you know, a lot of people could say is probably my greatest weakness is I really don't have much technical knowledge to begin with short of doing uh, tech support at, at Sharp Spring. I, I learned kind of the foundations, but um, ultimately to me that that is a strength because I, I found a really great guy in, in Mike. Uh, he's in upstate New York. He's my co-founder and CTO, and, and I just let him handle the technology. I, I, I analyze what the events need, I, I give them some rough mock-ups, and then I, I let them go with it. And my lack of involvement there, um, given that I have a high level of trust that he's gonna build the, the right thing, um, kind of allows us to, to kind of just excel in our own areas. And, and so for me, that's really, you know, building these relationships with the event organizers, understanding what their needs are from a business perspective and then kind of translating that into into what a software could be. So I'm definitely the one out there on the phones, you know, hit doing all that and, and trying to get us these partnerships. And, and then I've got this uh, great guy, Mike, and a, a couple people with him as well. Ian um, has done a great job. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, we just keep trucking along, you know? Uh, that's Mike and I's dynamic. I'm like, I'll bring them, you give them what they want. And, and we were like, done we'll both do our part and we'll we're going to meet in the middle and we're going to have something real good here. yeah that makes for a powerful partnership yeah i don't have to worry about any of that i don't burden myself with that you when know? you said that you made some mock-ups what oh my god like, like canva drawings? oh yeah oh, okay, okay canva right, design canva. studio just like yeah most of sift is like i could show you just like crappy <laughs> canva things and uh yeah, yeah i mean we, we have a professional designer hannah um she's actually she local um just moved i believe she's kind of being a digital nomad now which is which is awesome uh she's always stoked on saying how she's homeless uh, <laughs> she just travels and and makes her money so that's awesome for her um so she comes in for the big stuff like the booth map assignment tool and things like that but if we're just readjusting uh you know a, a you know like settings page or something like that i'll just i'll hop into canva and do it so that's that's like another way of of reducing your costs and and you know, I'll try to take on any aspect of it that I can without jeopardizing the quality of the product. Yeah, I know, I know I, where to draw the line, um, but you got to do that stuff. Yeah, I was interested because, like, I remember when I had my first um, idea for an application for our service department here, and my mock-up was like I literally drew it on. Like, I do. I have a lot of whiteboards around. <laughs> yeah. I like literally drew this thing on a whiteboard. I was yeah. like, "This is what I want." Do it. Like. How do we make this happen? <laughs> I mean, it was a terrible drawing, but somehow it somehow it translated. I paid a friend of mine two thousand dollars for this. For the, I mean, this was a long time, like two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. I mean, like early version of this of 
this application I had in my mind and, and it executed and it worked for a few years and now and actually now I'm working with David Flores over there in the I hope to oh, like nice. to like build out the next the next phase of this thing kind of started from scratch all yeah, over again it's, so. it's awesome when you just because I'll look back because in my Canva account, you know, of course, it you stores like see everything. All the- <laughs> so I'll like scroll all the way down to the bottom and look at like the very first ones I put together, and it's it's uh, it's awesome. It's yeah. really awesome to see like that and and how far you've come. I mean, yeah. it's uh, it's always very cool to see that stuff. Cool. So now that you're at this stage, I mean, like like what's next? I mean, when you finish with school, or Sheldon, are you going to be like heading into like full time this is it like go 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 that's the dream I want to do this full time like after I graduate like uh, right now because I enjoy it so much you know running my company I'll work like 100 hour weeks and like honestly like I enjoy it like, and so right much. now it's yeah. just you right Absolutely. yeah or, okay. it's just me and like I definitely will get help like in the future right now I'm kind of identifying you know which parts of the company do I suck at where do I need to bring in people for help you know mm-hmm. what do I not want to do so it's a really good way of like understanding yourself you know as you're like the solo entrepreneur going forward and like where do you need to bring in the help from yeah so that's kind of where I'm at right now I really enjoy the company um, kind of going forward with it I quickly realized yeah. that I don't like to do the uh, the business part <laughs> I like to do all the fun stuff so yeah. I don't like I don't like doing the bookkeeping I don't like yeah. doing like the like yeah. taxes yeah, I don't yeah, like same. you know like we <laughs> Truth be told, we just went through like a, or still kind of in like a sales tax audit. I'm like, yep, attorney and CPA, yeah. one, two, three, go. <laughs> uh, you know, like just delegating all the stuff that I don't like to do. That's like, that's what you, you gotta like figure you get out. To that point, you've earned that. You <laughs> do that. I like all the fun stuff. I'm Absolutely. like, I'm like, yeah, I want to like help other businesses grow and like you know do the do the marketing and the yeah. video. I mean, it's actually it's cool because we're doing this the, this new media company that we started. That's called Repaint the Wall, and yeah, it's um. W- like one of my favorite parts is actually reviewing the content. It takes the longest amount of time, but like actually watching the videos. So the videos that we make for clients and the videos that we, you know, like we just, we still do a vlog, we produce a vlog for new scooters for less. So like watching the episodes of that, I'm like, this is, this is the fun part. So it's, it's, it's interesting to, to, be able to carve out time to, yeah, to do that I, stuff and not yeah, deal with the headaches. Yeah. Oh, headache? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Right over here. <laughs> yeah, and that's something I really admire about you, like running new scooters for less, you know, helping out the community and having a family all at the same time. Like, I don't know how you do it, like, but I really admire that. Yeah, I was you. joking around this yeah. morning because for everybody who's listening, I'm drinking um, tea, decaffeinated tea from Starbucks. They thought I was crazy this morning because I'm showing up, I'm like, yeah, can I have a decaf tea, please? <laughs> and and I've been battling. It's funny because you, you say all those things. I've been battling like a stomach ulcer or something like that. And yeah. my wife's like, yeah, I've. I have no idea why you would have a stomach ulcer. You're only trying to run two businesses, <laughs> two businesses, doing a podcast, yeah. dealing with a sales tax audit, trying to coach your son's soccer team. Oh my <laughs> I would like just keep like rattling off stuff. I have no idea why you would have a stomach ulcer. <laughs> uh, so, hey, that, but hey, that stomach ulcer is a badge of honor, man. Dude, exactly. I, I love it. I, that's all hard, I can say. I, you know I love it. To get one of those. <laughs> 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 well, it's been so it has been so hard not like you know like waking up early and like not having the caffeine because I love I love coffee too and yeah. gosh I love coffee so like 
to wake up and have decaf tea has been a complete dis- disappointment, especially when you have day. like us. You know, we get here at seven a.m. to get ready for this podcast that records at eight. I mean, it's a uh, it's it's been fun, but I can definitely say that it's a. Uh, I, I mean, I've been doing this for 14 years, so I've definitely kind of reached that threshold of like, all right, it's worth totally worth me paying somebody to take this off of my plate. <laughs> like, I do not want to. I do not want to deal with this. I, I want to deal with the, the fun parts of business, and and that's actually. I mean, everything that I'm doing right now, I definitely, even though it's a lot, like. I feel on cloud nine. I mean, I hope you guys yeah. have that feeling as entrepreneurs. Like you guys know, like wake, I mean, waking yeah. up and like doing what you love and like focusing on it. That's why I even ask questions about like school because I always felt like school was in the way. Yeah, yeah. you know, like oh, I'm sorry, school. It's just 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 the way I felt. You were in you were in my way. I was ready yeah. to get you out of my way so I could yeah. start having some real fun. And everybody was like, you know, everybody always jokes and say, oh man, you know, the four years or five years that you're in college, those are the best years of your life. I'm like, sorry, more for me. Like, I mean, like I love don't. Be wrong, like yeah. I love the University of Florida. I enjoyed my Same. time there yeah. so much, like so much. But this is so my, much fun. Oh my gosh, like business when yeah. you when you're building something oh, yeah. and it's and it's like yours and you know you get to build the team around it and and you get to and that's the the most rewarding part for me is like working with Absolutely. other talented individuals. Like you said, you can't you're not a web designer. You know you can't build out the app. Yeah. You can't do any of this stuff. And you're like. Find the best, but, the best. But then when you get to work with somebody, it's like you just have such a deep appreciation for their craft. Absolutely. You're like, man, it's, it's just so rewarding. I don't yeah. know any other way to say it. And, and then now when I reach this level where I'm actually able to take a lot of these lessons that I've learned and help others grow their businesses, I'm like, dang, like that's even more rewarding because I, you know, and, and I know like, uh, you know, you were talking about talking to some mentors and stuff earlier, some advisors and that kind of thing. I mean. Sure. It's cool because I've actually am that person for for some people. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. to be able to give back and help. I mean, has that been helpful for you having these mentors and advisors in your life, like yeah. through this process? Yeah, it's been super helpful. One of the most important things for me, you know, just having like my mentor right now, like the co-founder of Redbox, you know, to help with import export, you know, for my company. You know, it saves me a ton of time and mistakes and headaches. You know, just learning from him of like what did he do wrong in the past and like. How do you do it right now in the future, like in the present, you know, for manufacturing in China? That alone, and just like the great like advisors from the University of Florida, like the engineering professors, you know, to really help with material science engineering of the coconut twist itself. That saves me a lot of time, you yeah. know, making mistakes for prototyping or whatnot. So seeking out these great advisors and mentors, you know, it really, really helps you like along the way, you know, to get places a lot quicker than if you were to do it all on your own. It's going to take you forever to do it, and you know, sometimes it's impossible to do it like on your own. And you really need. To seek I mean, help out. And Absolutely. when dealing with you know China and stuff, you can yeah. make a lot of mistakes that could cost oh, yeah. a lot of money. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and like the lead time on getting the samples probably like what four to six weeks or something. Um, we airship it so typically three to four days. Yeah. So. But yeah. if they have to machine anything or. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For the yeah. machining portion of it, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's so easily like a couple weeks. Yeah, and yeah. Then get it and be like, oh. Yeah, 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 and that's happened to me in the past years. Start over. Yeah, I tried to manufacture all that by myself without like having an agent overseas, like which I do now, and that was a complete nightmare dealing directly with some of those manufacturers. Yeah. But like having like advisors and like agents like on the floor in China to check the quality before they ship, you know, that's been super super helpful for me going forward with it. So good for you, man. That's yeah, awesome. good for both of you guys. Um, I mean, it, it sounds like you guys are doing so much and. In- incredibly right and I know that we discussed some of the challenges and, and the difficulties but um, like what's 
like you know as startups what's one piece of advice that you could give to the other startups around here that a lesson learned or yeah. whatever like yeah. You, yeah. got, you guys have been in it, you know it, you got businesses, you're going, like, what's one piece of advice that you could offer any any startup? I would say to always seek out, you know, advisors and mentors in specific key areas of your business that's gonna help you grow that business quickly. Like, I needed help for engineering and manufacturing overseas as well as having advisors for the buyers of Kroger and Whole Foods to, you know, advise me on, like, how do you sell properly in a retail, like, environment for that. Dang. You know, that's cool. been super, super helpful for me to always try to network and put yourself out there to find those right advisors. And they're not very difficult to get those advisors as you think. You know, as long as you show that you're passionate about your company and you have skin in the game, yep. you know, it's easy to impress those people to where they want to help you. If you're just some person just interested in entrepreneurship and you're wanting them to be your mentor, it's probably not going to work out. You know, they need to really see that you're really trying for your company for them to really, you know, want to help you. Otherwise, it's a waste of their time. So just always try to reach out into that network of the right people and try to like get them. For me, like I just literally walked into a Whole Foods and pitched one of the buyers there and he connected me to Whole Foods like on a national level. You know, so it doesn't take much to really do something like that, you know. And just how, don't be afraid. How did you get connected to a mentor like the you said the founder of Redbox? Founder of Redbox, yeah. That was actually through the the University of Florida Entrepreneurship Club, you know, because they have like some of the top entrepreneurs kind of come out, you know, as speaking guests and you know, at the time with Eric Rodriguez as the president, you know, the top student entrepreneurs get to have dinner with that, you know, speaker, you know, the night before of the event. So I got to have dinner with uh, this co-founder, Mike Laser, and you know we just kind of hit it off. And it's like, hey, if you need help, here, here's my card, and that was it. Dang, that's yeah. all it takes. Cool. That's all yeah. it takes. Yeah, just being Super the right smart, place, and just going out there networking. Good for you. That's yeah. awesome. And good job to the entrepreneurship club. Keep that up. Oh yeah, great. <laughs> Keep bringing in great, yeah. great speakers and for sure, great founders of businesses. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome um, you have anything? else Ty? Um, just one thing Sheldon you said that yeah. you guys are working on a few new things as well yeah you want to let us know uh, anything that you got in the hamper yeah so obviously this coconut twist gets to the water of the coconut um, I, I am gonna be launching a line of products that will you know get to the rest of the coconut like the coconut jelly and opening the brown coconuts those are in development right now um, patent pending I do have first prototypes made for those but they're not consumer prototypes that look as pretty as, you know, Coconut Twist right now. Yeah. So I only just, you know, figured out the IP of that and like, how does it function? And that was kind of it just to get like the um, the patent started on those processes. But in terms of, you know, a finished product that's still in development and I'm really focusing my time on Coconut Twist right now, going forward to launch one good product instead of like getting distracted by like a bunch of other products, you know, sure. at this stage right Absolutely. now. But there is gonna be a line of coconut products uh, coming out. It's not gonna be just a one product company, you know, and I just wanna use my innovative talents as much as I can to, you know, do all I can for this industry and, you know, hopefully revolutionize the coconut industry. Do you see a, a social good element coming out of this, like being able to provide this to, you know, countries where coconuts are definitely I, a main source of. I do um, like see a social good like aspect of it to where if you like buy a coconut twist, you can donate like a free one to you know um, certain people in certain countries where coconuts are thriving, but they don't really have the means of like opening it there. You know, and a lot of those countries with that are huge on coconuts are in like Asia and like Latin America, and I think you could definitely like kind of help out by donating you know product over there for them to get to the coconut water and the coconut jelly because you're giving them both 
you know, access to the water, like a drink, and the coconut jelly, which is a food. So you're giving them water and food at the same time, which I think would be a great, you know, combination uh, going forward for it. So that's something I've definitely been considering, for sure. Man, the opportunities awesome. are endless. Yeah. Isn't that fun though? Like yeah. sitting in the seat yeah. now, I mean, it'll be fun to like, you know, five years from now have you guys back and like, yeah. you know, talk, see where, where these companies have gone and sure. and talk about it. And yeah. I don't, there's just so much opportunity. So good luck to both you guys. Thank you. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank was, you for having awesome. me. It was Colin. awesome. It was, yeah. it was yeah. great. great, great discussion. Truly enjoyed it. And, um, just can't thank you guys enough. So Gainesville, there you have it. You're gonna contact or, or find these guys. Actually, let's tell them where they can find you, just social media, that kind of stuff. Yeah, for me, it'll be on facebook.com slash cocovana and also cocovana.com uh, is a website. You can actually sign up for notifications if one coconut twist will be available, like right on that, my website. So those are the two main places of finding me, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, uh, you can find us um, at siftlocal.co. Um, and, and then, you know, we have an Instagram, so at sift underscore uh, local. And if you want to get in touch with me, feel free, sam at siftlocal.co. So. Yeah, go invest in his business. He needs more money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do it up. All right, well, thanks again, guys. Appreciate it so much. Gainesville world, thank you so much for listening. This is the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. We'll see you later. Bye.